All right, everybody, welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance level veteran. And I am the Virgin. And we're your hosts. Hi, Clayton. Uh, could you please call me Tilda? <laughs> I mean Velma. I mean Scarlet. <laughs> I mean I mean Betty. It's like a it's like that Ting Ting song that they're using in the TikTok memes. Oh yeah, book. that's not my name. You know about TikTok? Yeah. I do I know about TikTok. I I mean I know about that meme. I don't know <laughs> if it's a meme. meme. It's, it's a, a challenge. It's a TikTok. What is it? What is it, it when it's TikTok? It's a video. Well, I know it's a video. But or you I'm, just call I'm, it a TikTok. It's just a TikTok. What I'm saying is if if you do something on TikTok that a lot of other people are doing, what is that called? A, a TikTok. Uh, uh, Isn't it a meme? I think it was just like a viral sound you would call it maybe. Maybe well, a Because, meme. you know, all those celebrities are doing the they call me this and then all their different. Uh, yeah. You haven't seen that? See, I've seen that and you haven't seen that? No, I have seen that. I told my, <laughs> yeah, I, that's cute. I mean, in general, whenever I see, because I love TikTok, I'm always ticking and talking. But uh-huh. whenever I see a, an actual famous person on TikTok, I get so disappointed. This isn't, this isn't for you. Well, because you know that it's a marketing person or their agent or somebody said, you need to be on this. Yes. And there are a few actors that are really like Shay Mitchell is an excellent TikToker. So when I see her, I don't think actress, I think great TikToks. (laughs) Uh, But other ones where I'm just like, "Ooh, this is embarrassing. You got to stop. Because I think also a lot of very famous actors can do the bare minimum on like Twitter or something. And people are like, oh my God, they're so funny and relatable. And I just think the bar is a little bit higher for creativity and thoughtfulness on TikTok that it really yeah. exposes how doing the absolute bare minimum just ain't gonna cut it, you know? Well, th- that's been talking TikTok. Thanks everybody for listening. <laughs> Aaron, where can they find us? Talk and talk. Anyway, what, so guys, wh- why what? were we talking about TikTok? Why were we because, talking about all those different names? Because, because we, we read, read a book. Yeah, what what do we read? What what's going on? Tell us what tell us what th- we read. Tell me what I, I just read, we're Aaron. Just so we're so not on the same page this morning. I don't know what's going on. It really. I'm feels- stressed out. <laughs> I'm stressed out. I got a lot of li- you know. I've got a lot of life changes going on. You do, you do. I'm not. I got everything's going pretty good around here. So, well, uh, yeah. good for you. Listen, I'm having a great. T- what are your big three? We don't know yet. We need to get your birth time. Can we? Uh, my mom doesn't remember, so there's no record of it. Not on your birth certificate. No. <gasps> we should we call the hospital. <laughs> Maybe I think the hospital burned down after I was born. I don't know why. <laughs> Did you it's weird? Like it's like that right match? after I was born. Yeah. Um, okay, that's this is wild to me that you don't know your birth time. But okay, anyway, does she remember if it was, like even if she knows it was in the morning or in the evening? Her only I mean, she, son, no recollection. I mean, but she also had a daughter, so you can't hold it against her. <laughs> okay. Anyway, cosmically, we something's happening though. Um, some fixed signed action. Before we jump into the book, though, we do need to welcome our new patrons. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, thank you, people who are supporting the conversation we just had. <laughs> There's going to be a max at mass exodus. So uh, it was nice knowing you, but we have a few new patrons, and we're going to start with Clista Seals. Thank you so much for your support. Charlotte McConnell, thank you so much. Betsy Good, thank you. And Cassandra Stone, thank you so much for joining the Patreon. Now, we did. I did send a message to a lot of the uh, patrons, not everyone, but a few who still needed to put their addresses in, their profile, so that we could send them their stickers. Because if you're a patron for, with us for three months and you're in good standing... This is according to Patreon. <laughs> then you will receive a new blue colorway logo sticker, which are really cool. People have already gotten them. They've sent us pictures of them. I want them to put put it on, you know, municipal property. You don't have to do that. You can put it on your laptop if you want. But they're really cool. And so if you haven't put your address in there, and I would say if you just joined, put your address in there anyway, because at some point you're going to get that sticker in the mail. And it's fun to get mail. Agreed. That's why I have so many pen pals. Get mail is the best. Yes. So what did we read? We read uh, Jennifer Cruz's Faking It, which is number two in the Dempsey series, which I think is only a two book series. Um, And let's judge these very 90s covers. We have two. Yes. Well, even though, I mean, this was published in 20, uh, 2002, right? The original. Uh-huh. But that first cover, the yellow one with the the scarf tied around Tilda's neck mm-hmm. is, is, yes, truly very late 90s, early 2000s chick lit look to it. Yes. And I do think Jennifer Cruzy has written chiclet as well as like romance. And I feel like this book really straddles that line. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the two, well, I figure it's 2002. Probably this book was like, you know, written in 2000, 2000. That's still the nineties pretty much, you know, or the well, a lot late nineties, early odds. Yeah. A lot of people say that the nineties ended with nine 11. All right. Dark. Uh, I'm just saying the decade cutoffs. That's all I'm saying is that <laughs> the 90s were still going until early 2000s is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that's why you still have that 90s aesthetic in mm-hmm. 2000. Yeah. So that's the the original cover. It's yellow. I mean, it's I, I like it because it's like kitschy and little campy. And I think that's fun. And then there's I basically... I do think that it, it, it definitely is representative of this book. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. The way that the cover, it, the cover is the exact vibe of this book in a way that I don't know I've seen a cover capture in, in quite a while. I mean, honestly, maybe Kingdom of Dreams, which was the last book that we read, that uh, step back. But, mm. yeah, you look at this book, the what you assume is going to be 100, it is, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say there's no excuse for the other cover that was published in 2011, and it looks like 
cut scenes from the opening credits of that show, Caroline in the City. Do you remember? She was of like course. a cartoonist. Of course. Do I do I remember Caroline in the City? Of course I do. <laughs> I watched all those those musty TV shows. Every single dang one of them. Even didn't matter how bad they were. Right, because we didn't have a choice. It was that no. or you don't watch TV. That's not even a choice. No. <laughs> TV's always what we got to be doing. Um, so it's a it's a dachshund on a purple chair. The dachshund's the wrong color for it to be Steve, um, but cute. Dogs are cute. It's a white background. And then it's this sofa that has this like very 90s motif with this like swirl pattern that was every my bedroom in the late in the 90s had these swirls all over the ceiling like yeah this i don't know what this style is called and if anyone out there does know let me know because now i'm really fascinated but this like almost cartoonishly drawn on a real couch that was very in for a while and i was all about also veronica's closet do you remember veronica's closet (laughs) Do I remember? Or are we going to just have, this is going to be the show, is you're just going to ask me must-see TV shows, and I'm going to say, yes, of course I remember those. But you know what I mean? Like that, those yes. kind of vibes. Um, Absolutely. I mean, and Friends yeah. had that uh, that vibe to it, too. It, it, like right. that kind of look to it a little bit in some of its styling. Like when you look at that, that picture frame that was on their door. Mm-hmm. That one had that kind of that the curly look to it. Yeah. That very and 90s curly look. Yeah. Furniture in the 90s was it was like a weird callback to 70s furniture, but somehow more inexplicable in that like the proportions were always off. Like it was a very, very high back, like a comically high back for a little chair and things like that. So, I mean, the proportions on this are are normal, but. Yeah, it's a it's an odd cover. I don't like it as much as the yellow cover. It doesn't it. I mean, honestly, if you showed me that book, I'd be like, oh, is this a weird female empowerment? How to train your dog book? I don't think I would get what it was, actually. Let me say, if you would have shown me this cover and said, do you want to read this book? I would have deleted your number. (laughs) <laughs> and this podcast would have ceased to exist it would have been so hard to explain to people well one because i don't have the technology i couldn't upload this if i wanted to but then also yeah i'd just be like oh i sent him some suggestions and he really took umbrage and it's a and dog of the friendship on a couch i don't want anything to do with that i don't want anything yeah. to do with that it's offensive to me and it's not a book I'd want to read. Thank God I didn't do any research before reading this book. I just saw that yellow cover and thought, oh, this looks like this could be fun. We haven't mm-hmm. done Jennifer Cruzy. And so yeah. glad I didn't see that that cover. Yeah, it's a it's not a good cover at all. Um, all right. So, Clayton, what was this book about? Oh, my goodness. Okay, this is going to be the most <laughs> macro high up one that I've ever done because there's just to- so many different names of people and twists and turns in this but the crux of it is Tilda is our heroine 
and Davy is our hero. Mm-hmm. And Tilda used to make fakes, fake paintings under the name Scarlet Hodge. And someone sold one of them to Clea, who is Davy's ex. And that's bad news. So Tilda needed to get get it back. So she went to Clea's house to steal it. Davy was in the same house to steal money back that his former money manager, Ronald Rabbit, a.k.a. Rabbit, because everybody has another name in this book, had stolen the money and given it to Clea. And so he was there. Davy was there to get the money back. Matilda and Davy meet in the closet. They kiss. And then Davy attempts to steal the painting back that Tilda wanted. And it turns out to be the wrong one. And so there's this confusion. He follows her back to where she lives, basically, and then rents a room. And they start... Uh, a, a romance and then a lot of other stuff happens but they do end up together mm-hmm. am I right on that yeah so what did you what did you think okay I'm surprised I like this book okay because it's pretty much it's the kind of book that I should hate because it has characters that try to be clever and they say clever things and they quote from movies and then they also have this running thing where somebody mentions uh if someone mentions a a singer then they all have to try and mention songs or if someone mentioned an actor they have to mention they have to say movies that they're in you know sometimes it has to do with crossword puzzles too or what are they cro- double cross what what did, what did she call them uh like what double does Gwen cross just call them crosswords. Yeah, it's crossword. crosswords. Is that a is that a like a TM for crosswords? Like how the Super Bowl is uh, intellectual property? I don't think so because every paper has a crossword. It might know. be a specific kind of crossword, but yeah. still, like let's just call them crosswords. Uh, but anyway, so those kind of things, I just shouldn't like this, and I did though. Which I'm just so surprised by. What did you think? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, I agree where this book was a bit of a slog. You know, Mm -hmm. it was very dense and it was very, it was pretty long for what it is. Yes. Um, which I think, you know, it's one of those things that, like, if you're not doing a podcast about it and have to read it by a deadline, then I'm sure it ends up being more enjoyable. But mm-hmm. I do think um, it, it made it tough and it was very hard to keep track. Like, it took me a long time to figure out who was who and how people were related to each other. And I feel like every time once I was like, okay, I think I got a handle on who everybody is, how they're related to each other. Somebody new would show up. And it was like every 30 pages, we have a full new character coming in. Not like that often, but like it felt that way. 
And I felt like it got too dense and too muddled. But here's why I don't then dislike the book, because this book is very obviously a homage to like screwball comedies of like the 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm like particularly well versed in in those kinds of films. I'm not at all, actually. But I could see the reference being made. And I'm like, okay, is this a thing of screwball comedies that like everybody kind of has a bunch of different names? People are constantly coming in and complicated things and complicated things. Then I'm like, then she did it. It, you set out to parody something that I don't know very well. So therefore, there is going to be a little bit of an emotional disconnect because I don't understand the source material. Yeah. But even within that, I can recognize that like she did a good job of copying that style. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I know what you mean. There was a there was an old fashionedness to it. I mean, even the fact that you had borders in this house. Yeah. Was a a device to get people there so that they could be part of the situation, you know, Mm -hmm. which I liked, Uh, you know, when, you know, Davey starts living there, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I, I, the way that they even thought, like the characters thought, like something like Davey, when they, Tilda and him have their very awkward first sexual encounter. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember a worse first time for two characters that we've read. No, and, I'm and searching that's my so brain. bold too. Like I loved that. You know, yeah. I thought that that was fantastic and like true to their characters, and also like kind of true to life because like the first time you have sex with somebody, like rarely is it amazing. You yes. Know? It just it's you're learning each other's bodies and all these things. And it's hard and it can be really hard and not, you know, not bad sex, but just kind of like not where you'd want it to be. And so, yeah, having that reflected, I thought that was fantastic. I loved that. And and I even and then their thoughts afterwards when, you know, it was not good sex uh, on either part. And he's still thinking, yeah, I'm going to try again. You know, it's yeah. it's it's that kind of writing where it's like this was how bad it was and how awkward and embarrassing. Well, but of course I'm going to try again, right? And it's like those <laughs> are the kind. That's what these characters are like, right? They're mm-hmm. let's just push forward and th- we're going to do something. We're just going to have adventures, and that's why I liked about it. That's what I liked about it. But that scene was really the first time they have sex. It was really interesting because Tilda was so in her head about it and she was trying the whole time she was like trying and then it wasn't working because she was trying to be okay if i can explain this tilda's sister has an alter ego named louise what is it louise yeah louise louise and louise is like a femme fatale she's super sexy she gets what she wants eve is meek and doesn't say what she wants and she's just the total opposite of her alter ego and the whole time tilda is having sex with davy she's thinking be louise be louise be louise which if you take out the fact that they're sisters it makes sense because it's a 
uh, it's an alter ego that is just sexy and and is focused on pleasure. Mm-hmm. But she couldn't get there. And when she was talking about the encounter later with I think she was ta- I think she was talking to Eve about it or one of one of uh, one of the girls. She says, I was I was into it and then I wasn't like I, I was I was turned on and then I just wasn't. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that happens that doesn't ever really get talked about is like you can be in the mood and then not in the mood at like really soon after, but you're already kind of in the midst of stuff. And it's you can't sometimes you can't just be like, OK, this is over because the other person you're with is still into it. And you don't want to just be like, oh, lost it. You know, you should right. be able to do it, but sometimes you don't. You know what I mean? Well, also, I think you're like, let's, it, I, yeah, I agree. Where it's like, you can be in the mood, then kind of just like lose it by like, you know, she was not in her body, which is something that she talked about that she didn't feel yes. like. She, and that's hard. And then, so I, yeah, it's like, she definitely was into it, but then couldn't, knew she couldn't get there. And so mm-hmm. then I think you're like, okay, well, let's just finish this encounter then. Obviously, we have to say you can stop any encounter at any time. Th- th- that's that. And but, that's the thing is like, it's not, uh, yeah, we're not condoning like allowing something to happen when you're not into it. But right. in the, in the sense of. But also of, I think like a lot of women have had this experience and then it's not like, I don't want this to continue. It's just kind of like, well, this is happening and it's fine, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'm not going to come, but I'll just continue on you know and i think it's very real and it happens and i think it it probably happens a lot with like these kind of like first encounters too because you have so much going on in your mind that it's hard to shut off and i think for women especially being able to come is so is as much mental as physical and so you know if you can't get there mentally well, that is such a huge difference, I think. And there, I think definitely, like, don't get me wrong, that happens to men as well where yeah, th- th- things start happening and then you start thinking about something else and you start thinking about, you start wor- I mean, this happened. <laughs> you start worrying <laughs> about something completely not related and it, it, it takes away from the experience. But if you're already with somebody, you want to try to continue because they're still in a place and you don't want to disappoint them, you know? Right. And again, if you're in a relationship with somebody, you should be able to say to that person, hey, I'm, you know, however you say it, be like, I'm just not there. I I, I kind of, you know, and but you should be like, able to have I that do, communication. Yeah, I think there are instances where you're just like, I just want to stop this encounter like I'm fully over it. But yeah. then I do think it happens where you're not like, I'm not like disgusted by what's happening. Yes. But I'm just like kind of not, my heart isn't in it, but I'll keep, but let's keep going. Because I, mm-hmm. for you, it, you know what I mean? And I think yeah. there is that, that happens too. Um, yeah. But no, of course, if you're not into a sexual encounter, shutting it down is always an option. Absolutely. So. And she could have shut it down. It's just not that, I mean, that's just not what this encounter was yes and at no point was she like i want this to stop and it wasn't stopping like i think she was always into it in that way but i think she just it was bad sex it was bad sex 
And that happens. Yeah. That mm-hmm. happens. And I loved at the end where he was like, was that a forgery or a fake? <laughs> <laughs> I Their banter with each other is fantastic. Yeah. But and then we have, see, because then it, that's the thing about this is that I understand what you mean about the different names because they did go back and forth between calling people different names and not. And then I think it was so like Davy's money manager, Ronald, mm-hmm. who falls in love with Clea. He, so Davy calls him Rabbit. And he's referred to sometimes as Rabbit and sometimes as Ronald, which is fine because now we know who this guy is. But when you when you do that too much, it can get confusing. I mean, even this dog was originally called Spot, wasn't it? Yeah. And then all of a sudden changed its name to Steve. And it was just Steve. And it's like, I get it. You changed the dog's name when you got it because didn't have any spots but like just keep the dog's name the same name it was really frustrating well it's also confusing in a book where everybody has 12 names to then have the dog also have a human name and i Mm -hmm. get that like animals with human names was like a fad for a while and was like oh it's so quirky a dog named steve but like i don't know i'm very bored by it and i think it just adds to the confusion where it's like, just name him something else that is just a dog's name because it's like, yeah. Well, I was, I, I kept, I, I kept confusing the dog, Steve, with Andrew. Yeah. And I don't know why, where I'd be like, oh, wait, Andrew, that's not the dog. That's, that's Nadine's dad. <laughs> that's a human being. That's a human man. <laughs> yeah. So there was those kind of things that made this not flow as 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 well as I wanted it to. But that, there was yeah. the basic, like, I knew who Tilda was, mm-hmm. although there was the Vilma thing, and then there was the, they called her Betty as well. And I know that was like a cutesy thing, but there was a lot of names being thrown around. Yeah. And I think maybe ultimately that's the reason why I don't, I wasn't a huge fan of this book is because there was never a point in the story where you could, where I could just like relax into the story and just kind of let it take over. It always felt like active reading and every time, like every page you had to be like, okay, who's who and where are they and what's happening and what has to happen next? Because there's like, four levels of cons going on and Mm -hmm. so many people this is a huge cast of characters and everybody has at least two names and so it just the the entire time you're just like okay now now what has to happen and i when they like tilda and davy get together and like say i love you like with 80 percent left in the book and i was like okay why isn't the book done now and I was like oh yeah because we still have to do all, wrap up all these other things and I think that's the thing that I also found frustrating where it's like if this is a chiclet book then then it's a it's a perfectly good chiclet but if this is a romance we didn't spend enough time with Matilda and Davy and it felt like Davy and Matilda's relationship got wrapped up and then we had so much book left yeah and I think 
that also was a little bit frustrating. I mean, the thing is, I've read other Jennifer Cruzies, and she is a very good author, and I've really enjoyed a lot of her books. So I'm not saying she's like, you know, whatever. This just wasn't my favorite because I felt like there were so many obstacles to me enjoying the book where I think had everything been pared down like like 10, 20 percent, I would have been able to enjoy the book more because I would have been able to kind of like, OK, I get what's going on here. Now let's go. See, you know? I think this that was the point, though, of this book was yeah. to have so many different characters bouncing off each other and so much going on that it's a how uh, a poppin type uh, book. And I think that might just not have been our tempo at the moment. It's funny because there's at the end of the book, you'd never want this. The end of the book. So Mason, who is Clea's boyfriend, but is in love with Gwen. Ford Brown shows up. mother. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Who does all the cross stat or whatever. She does the crosswords. Mm-hmm. Ford Brown shows up when everybody's together and he's a, a hitman, but he's not a hitman. He's with the FBI. Yeah. And he's also hooked up with Luis and doesn't know that she's doesn't know that she's Eve until the very end. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. that's Simon. No, oh, I'm sorry. No, you're right. I'm sorry. See, I'm confusing. Simon was with Luis. <laughs> Simon is Davy's English friend. Okay. See, this is what we're dealing with, people. Yeah. So anyway, at the end, Mason and Ford are in the same place. And Mason says, I don't know who you are. You never want two main characters of a book to not know who each other is mm-hmm. in the climax. You know? That means you have too many characters. Yeah. I get it. And you know what? Like we've said before, there's definitely just books that aren't for us. And that's it. You know? Yeah. And I, and I, this is obviously a well-loved book. So I'm not saying that like this need, like for my enjoyment, that's what I would have needed. But Jennifer Cruzy is fortunately not writing for an audience of just me. (laughs) So, you know, obviously she's a very talented author. She could do whatever she wants. And a lot of people do enjoy it. So I don't want, you know, if, if you do enjoy it, I don't want you to be like, oh, my taste mm-hmm. is bad or something. It's not. It's just we're, we're different. But but here's yeah. here's what I'll say. The thing about this book that is really important is that it's completely cemented my love of a trope of two strangers in a dark place <laughs> making out. Yeah. They meet in the closet and make out and I love that. I love I just there's something about that. Give me more of those. Give me more of the meet cute with two strangers that kiss in a closet or a basement or or a fallout shelter or a a, <laughs> a, a dumb waiter. Uh, any enclosed space, just give me kisses in the dark. That's yeah. I love that. I love that trope. Force proximity. Force proximity, but force proximity isn't always in a dark place. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's not always in a small area. 
Like, and it's not always dark. So this is different yeah. than forced proximity, I think. Well, it's it's an addition to forced proximity. Because forced proximity could just be like you work in an office together, like I in the see, same office, so. right? Mm-hmm. But this would be like you have to work in the same janitor's closet and we're taking <laughs> all the light bulbs. I did love the moment that there was like two scenes of them getting trapped in that same closet together. And uh-huh. then that the climax happened and they end up in the closet together. And there's other people yeah. in the closet that they didn't know was in the closet. And... Rabbits in the closet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was so fun. And that was really great. I loved that, too. And yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot going on in this book with the art art forgeries and, and, and things like that. And I, and I don't think it's – that's the thing. There's not, like, much to talk about in that, in that way because if you're going to read this book, you're going to want to – you might want to know – you might want to go into it without knowing all the twists and turns. Although yeah, I did we just spoil get, books all the time, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, I think that the thing with Matilda's – so Matilda's father had her create these forgeries or fakes based on a fake artist. Scarlet Hodge. Scarlet Hodge, who was the daughter of another fake artist that he made up, Homer Hodge. And I, I felt like all that kind of came out of nowhere where she was talking about like she left home because her father said she couldn't love, she could only paint. I was like, ah, okay. And then Mm -hmm. she's a muralist, but hates being a muralist because she just does like other famous artists work like a giant on a wall somewhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I I, I, that felt a little tacked on to me, you know, like in a way that I was like a little bit bored when it was all being revealed. But, you know, fine. And then she ends up painting that like attic that she and Davey move into as like a big jungle scene. Mm hmm. I will say the thing about this book, I would say more than any other book we've ever read. I read this book and I thought this would be a better movie than book. Because I feel like between the painting, everybody having 12 names, just the physicality of like people entering and people leaving and stuff where in a book, it's hard to keep track of all that. I do feel like if I could watch this, I would really, really enjoy it. This is a where we're so many bromances are so interior and cerebral, this is everything's exterior. Everything uh, said, th- yes. everything's shown. You know what I mean? Like, I think this is a book that you could adapt, like, pretty easily. <laughs> like, basically, maybe just give everybody the book and be like, we're just adapting this. Like, figure it out, you know? Um, so as I mean, much I could as- see this as a play. Yeah. Oh, this would be a fun play. Right? A- a- like mm-hmm. a play on Broadway where there's all this stuff going on that's what it feels like to me too you could definitely because that is the the campiness of having the alter egos and the different names and the wigs mm-hmm. and stuff like that i don't know how you would deal with andrew cuz andrew is a crossdresser well i think it's because he has that bar and people just go and put on other personas yeah so i think he's like a drag queen yeah which would be, I don't know, people are drag queens. But I think, yeah. And also it's like this book, there's basically two sets where it's the Goodnight Gallery with all the rooms and stuff. And then there's the Clea's 
basically closet. And those are the two sets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This could be a play. Yeah, this could be a play or a movie very easily. I think it would be fun. I think it would be very fun. Um, you know, I they would ha- definitely. Oh, sorry, you go. No, just because I think it's also like it's very much in the style of like a movie that feels like it existed in the 90s that just like you don't see anymore. Like that movie oh, State yes. Maine and stuff where it's just like a ton of characters, a ton of like big actors, but everybody has like a fairly small part. And um, yeah, and and, and a movie that I think, yeah, could be really fun to watch. Anyway, sorry, what were you going to say? Well, they would do these kind of movies that were not as comedic, but and they also try to do the comedic ones, but the Elmore Leonard type of books, mm-hmm. like uh, Jackie Brown is a more, of course, serious version, but there's so many characters there bouncing off each other, running scams on each other. That's the kind, and there was a uh, Dave Barry wrote that that book called Big Trouble that they made into a movie, mm-hmm. and it was very much here's all these different characters bouncing off each other. So this definitely, you're you're right. This would definitely be a movie akin to that, but they just don't make movies like this anymore. Maybe maybe Netflix they could do it, but oh, this would be a great Netflix because also I think because. There's a lot of fairly small, like you could get bigger actors because you'd be like, ah, you could just come in for like three days mm-hmm. and we could get you out of here. Um, well, yeah. Here's the big question. Would you fuck them? I, I'm going to say no. There's I, so many people to fuck, but the the two main we're talking, right? Tilda yeah. and Davey. If we're just talking Tilda and Davey, I'm going to say no. I didn't like and I think that's part of when you have a cast this big. I don't know. We spent enough time with them. It'd be hard for me to fuck na- somebody named Davey. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Is there anybody in this cast you would fuck? I mean, like, honestly, like Louise and Simon seemed pretty great. Maybe I'd get in there, but otherwise, like, not really. No. Yeah. Not Ford Brown. Uh Okay, maybe I was into Ford Brown. And listen, Gwen clearly had a something to her because any man who walked in was into Gwen immediately. So yes, let I want to see what Gwen's working with. But she's not described in any way. I mean, she's described with blonde hair that's graying and watery blue eyes. Mm-hmm. And Ford was down with that shit. Men love a sad girl. And so was Mason. Mason wanted that too. Yeah. So... I guess I'm kind of in that same boat. Maybe Eve is the close, and Simon, but I don't know. Davy, maybe I kind of I I dug Davy. Yeah, I think you were definitely more into this book than me. I'd throw him a bone. I'd throw Davy a bone. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Do you want to do Goodreads list? Let's do it. So it was on a bunch of lists, but it was kind of like the same list over and over again. Uh, best ever contemporary romance books. I I I can't I don't see that just because no. it is a romance but uh, it's more of a chiclet book with the romance in it. Yeah. Humorous romance books. I will give it was it def- funny. It was yeah, it was definitely humorous. Favorite Jennifer Cruzy novel. I'll say no because I liked Bet Me Better. Yeah, so I have only read this one, so by default, yes, but if I read more, I d- 
don't think it would be. Featuring smart, funny, and proactive female leads. Yeah, I mean, she does stuff. She's smart. Mm. She books, can do things. Yeah, books that should be made into movies. We we covered it. Chick lit, contemporary, edgy, and fun. I mean, I wouldn't say it's edgy. It's quite tame. No, it's not edgy. It's not. And the sex scenes are like almost closed door. Mm, yes. Like we're there, but we're not seeing much. No. Um, my favorite romance authors. Depends how long this list is, but I can't say because I've only read this. She she wouldn't be on my list as of yet. Art and artists in fiction. Yeah. Favorite romances with pets. I mean, I famously don't like pets. And Steve was probably as inoffensive as you could get as a pet. In yeah. one of these books, there's been worse. And so I I won't ever say that anything is my favorite if it involves pets. So I'm just going to pass on that. What about the ferret from the Hathaways? The I don't even want to talk. That's such <laughs> a stain on Lisa's on on just on Lisa's uh, uh, library of, of, of great books that I'm just going to pretend that it doesn't exist. All right. Con, confidence men and women in romance. Yes. Books that make my heart hurt. Mm, no. No. Makes my head hurt because it's a, it's very thought, <laughs> it's a very thoughty. Very thinking. Thinking all the very time. Very thoughty. <laughs> it was it was a little too thoughty. <laughs> uh romance heroines with asthma. That's so true. She does have asthma. Sweet and clean romances. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's pretty PG. I, I mean, I don't love clean to mean not sex in it, but yes. I mean, honestly, I'm hard pressed to remember the sex scenes other than that one sex scene was bad, but I don't remember if it was like graphic. But it I think it wasn't very graphic. No, but I think I've had like a 12 or 13 year old in my life and they were like, can I read this book? I'd be like, yeah, you'll probably be fine. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, cheerful reads. Yeah. Yeah. Only one person dies. You know? Mm-hmm. Romance novels cited by scholars. What? We've got to look into that list. Yeah. Who would have cited this and for what reason? I have and, no and idea. And scholars is so... Who's a scholar at this point? I mean... Yeah, there's tons of scholars. But I mean, who? why... Like, there is a ton of scholars, so... Does, how does that matter? I mean, I would like if this list, if you put a book on the list, you would also have to like put a link to the paper where it's cited. Yes. You know, because I would like to Please see. do that. Yeah. If you're a listener and you you made this list, uh, good for you because it's very cool that you're looking into romance novels cited by scholars because romance novels are famously looked upon as lesser works of art. And so if scholars are taking interest, then that means something good, mm -hmm. maybe. But you gotta you gotta link it. Yeah. Best you gotta link it. So yeah. link it. <laughs> Best comfort reads for adults, abuse free. Yeah, there's no abuse. No. S uh I put sweet and clean romances on there twice. So that was You liked it so much. I don't know why I did that. Okay. So that's it. Those are the lists. So Clayton, what mm -hmm. are your tropes? 
Well, forks proximity, but in small spaces. Strangers kissing. I love that. Uh, Hell's a poppin'. Movie references. A lot of movie references in this. Mm -hmm. Sprawling families. Crime capers. And I think I agree with you in the sense of it has... It has very 90s vibes. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and uh, bad, bad initial sex. Yeah. Bad first So those time. are my tropes. Aaron, what are your tropes? So I have screwball comedies, forced proximity, a con man hero, a forger heroine, bad first sex. A 90s romance, big families. We're together just uh, as long as we do this thing, which is a trope that I love and I think could have a better title. I'm going to have to think on it. But like people who are like, well, we're thrown together for circumstance. So while we try to accomplish this one goal, we'll be together. But once we accomplish this goal, then we'll we'll break up. Spoiler alert, they never break up. But I I have seen this in a few different books and i love it every time yeah um <laughs> we'll think on a name for that yes and it listen if you wanna if you think of a good name for it let us know either in the troop or email us or or get to us somehow movie quotes only one bed because i mean yeah the the boarding house aspect of this book is fantastic and i do genuinely love and basically, Davy rents a room, and then basically, and then the next morning, Simon comes, immediately starts sleeping with Louise, and kicks Davy out of the room. So then he has to mm-hmm. sleep, and actually, and legitimately, only sleep with Louise uh, with uh, Tilda for the next few nights, which I liked. Yeah, heroin can't come; she has a hard time coming. Mm-hmm. Quirky heroin. She's quirky. She looks like Betty Boop. Yes. She looks like a cutie doll. You yeah. know. Um, yeah. And so that's it. Any last thoughts or anything before we move on to swoons? No, I mean, I would say that I was definitely affected by the environment in which I read this book because, like I said, I have a lot of things going on that uh-huh. I – I'm uh, preoccupied by and I do feel like a book that has so much going on and so many characters running around was difficult for me to focus on as much as I'd want to. Yeah. I still enjoyed it. I would read another Jennifer Cruzy book Mm -hmm. because I like her as a writer and I think she's very good. I just would want something maybe a little bit shorter and a little less thoughty as you put it. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah I, I agree. Where I Jennifer Cruzy has a lot of really excellent books, so I think without a doubt we're going to end up doing another one. Um, but yeah, do you want to talk about one of the big issues plaguing you? We can see if anyone in the, uh, in the audience <laughs> can help you with it. Oh, yeah. So I'm looking for a roommate, mm-hmm. and I live in a... Uh, a major borough of New York City. I will not say what it is. It's not Staten Island, though. And so I'm looking for a roommate. So if anybody out there in Romancelandia knows of anybody who would want to live with a prominent podcast host, 
such as myself and be able to hear one side of learning the tropes, well, would get the honor and privilege of being quiet while I recorded learning the tropes early in the morning and get to hear, though, if they wanted to, with a glass to the wall, my end of this podcast before it's released. Yeah. Then let us know. Email us. Uh, man or woman i it does not matter i will live with either sex but you i'm have to evolved be neat. like that i'm sorry you have to be neat they have to be neat yes absolutely you live uh, like a spartan so if you have things well, that'll help listen yeah well yeah they can have their things i'll have my few things and it'll work out fine but yes. i know we have a lot of listeners in the metropolitan area so email us this is legit this isn't a joke yes but uh yeah so no joke inquiries (laughs) it's a it's also it's a it's a great it's a great apartment in a great area really close to the city right by a major train line so it actually is a, a, a great place to be um so yeah, if you know anyone who's moving to the city or is in the city and looking for for a roommate, reading romance is obviously a plus. You guys can share <laughs> romance. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um anyway, yeah. So let's see. I mean, listen, you, you gotta put yourself out there and see what happens. Very true. I'd rather live with somebody who is a romance fan than somebody who's not a romance fan. Yes, in general, it's always better. Um, all right, Clay, but, so what has you swooning this week other than the search for a roommate? Yes, that that does not have me swooning. No, that has you uh, terrified. Yes, yeah. That has me reeling. <laughs> so my swoon is a book, a memoir. I guess it's maybe an e- more of an essay collection by Sarah Pauly called oh. Run Towards the Danger. And... I was able to read this book beforehand, before it came out. It just came out, I think, last, beginning of March. I read it, Net Galley. Thank you, Net Galley. And I was really blown away by it. I mm-hmm. knew Sarah Polly as an actress, and I was aware she was a director. She directed a, a few films, but also directed a, a very well-liked documentary about her family that I now have to go watch because I usually do not watch documentaries. It'll blow you away. It is so good. I have heard great things about it and I always heard great things about her her stuff. And there's just so much in this that is really, I think, I don't want to say important to read, but I think for me, especially as a guy... Yeah. There's stuff in here about her, you know, relationship to fame, her relationship to adult men on set when she was younger, mm-hmm. pregnancies she's had, uh, you know, I- issues with pregnancies that she's had, all these things that she does such a good job of interrogating herself in her feelings at the time and how she feels about. Ne- it now and how she reacted and it's just really really great and powerful and run towards danger is it's a reference to the last essay where she talks about dealing with 
uh, a concussion that had just effects that lasted way longer mm-hmm. than she expected them to and her search to kind of find a way to cure it. And it's a really just an inspirational essay. It's worth the money just for that one. But everything else in it is is really great, too. I would say, though, if you are there are subjects that are talked about in this book that are people could be sensitive about. So I would say if you're somebody who is triggered about uh, from you know talking about assault or things like that, it couldn't it could not be for you. But I would say if if you're interested in getting a really good perspective on stuff, especially like as a guy, I think it's a really, really essential read. Yeah. So, Aaron, have you got a chance to read it? No, but I've been a Sarah Pauly fan from Anna, uh, from Avonlea days. Like I've always loved her and all of her work. So I definitely she talks about her. that in, in here, too. Yeah, she was like a child star. Yeah. So and Avonlea was my jam. I loved it. Wow. I, I I it's so funny. I would uh, that's that's so that seems so accurate. I would have <laughs> I should have guessed. I should have guessed that. Yeah. Listen, I'm a bow girl at heart, you know? And so anything any bow girl thing I'm into. Yeah. So Aaron, what has you swooning? Um, so I am swooning about a show, which is no surprise, uh, called Love Life. Now, there's been two seasons of this show, and each season is it tells a completely different story. So you know how everybody has those actors that they just like can't stand. Yes. Right? Yeah. One of mine is Anna Kendrick. There's something about her I just I hate and I can't watch her and listen. Uh-huh. She could be a nice person. I know nothing about her, but like there's something that really turns me off. So she was the main character in the first season of the show. And I was like, ugh, didn't watch it. Even though I knew it was like a rom-com kind of show, but she turned me off. But then the second the second season I had heard a bunch of times was really good. And it was starring William Jackson Harper, who is in um, The Good Place. Uh, that's the only thing I really know him from. I'm sure he's he's worked before that too anyway and it's basically the story and i think it's like 10 episodes and it's a and that's it and it's basically the story of his love life so it takes place over two or three years and the pandemic happens during this story which i think is really interesting uh and it's dealt with in a way that makes sense but there's a lot of like time hopping obviously he's the main character and then jessica williams is kind of the other main character um and she and I obviously I'm a huge fan of her as well and it's just a really well done modern romance like rom-com where it's the writing is impeccable and it's one of those shows that you watch and you're like I love this guy I wanted to see it also I hate him (laughs) also he's making a really bad decision here but it's 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 fantastic and so if you want are looking for a new show you want something with a romance bend, I think season two of Love Life is fantastic. Great. So check it out. Well, Aaron, uh uh-huh. where could they find us? So don't uh so don't forget to rate, review, and follow us. We've gotten a few reviews lately and they've been really lovely and we really appreciate it. It's kind of how people find us. So if you um 
If you want to support, obviously we would say join our Patreon, but if that is something you don't want to do for any reason, just writing a review also helps us so, so much. Um, but speaking of Patreon, if you do want to join us, uh, you go to patreon.com, search Learning the Tropes, and there will be, you can, um, sign up for $5 a month. You'll get a sticker like uh, Clayton said after three months with us, but also immediately you'll have access to a bunch of bonus episodes. Um, So we're there. If you want to email us any of your thoughts or book recommendations or anything like that, you can email us at learningthetopespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Or roommate recommendations. Oh, yeah. Also, if you or someone you know might want to be roommates with Clayton in an unnamed borough that is Manhattan, Brooklyn, or Queens, um, then email uh, for more information, learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we are on Twitter at Learning Tropes, on Instagram at Learning the Tropes. Um, we have our Facebook troop, which has been gaining popularity a lot. Uh, it has been really fun. So you guys can always join us there. And then finally, we have merch, which is linked below. Phew. Yeah. All right. Well, we well, did it, Aaron. We did it. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. And happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.